0: my goal is to educate and inspire and to let you know you are not alone on your recovery journey thanks so much for tuning in to a sober girls guide podcast let's go hello hello and welcome to episode 237 of a sober girls guide podcast just a trigger warning on this episode we talk about suicide and suicidal thoughts so if that is triggering for you or if that is something you can't handle right now totally understand feel free to skip through this episode because for Brooklyn, she thought that leaving this world was the only option to alleviate her pain. Growing up in a chaotic environment, Brooklyn shares her experiences and what led to her sobriety. She touches on the pivotal moments and the support of people who played a crucial role in helping her to see beyond the darkness. This episode is so fantastic. And especially if you are a friend, a family member, or a loved one, who has someone in their life who is looking to change their relationship with alcohol and you're looking to support them, Brooklyn gives some fantastic pointers. Let's get into it. (laughs) Brooklyn, how are you? What's going on?
1: I'm great. How are you?
0: I'm awesome. It's so nice to see you and chat with you as opposed to just watching you on TikTok like we were just talking about i love your tiktoks and like we were just saying before we jumped on here um i just think your content is so relatable and just everything that you do and and post on tiktok is like ugh, oh my god yes like you feel that like you feel it deeply um i yeah i just that's how i found you that's your the tiktok gods uh let us find each other
1: <laughs> yeah as they do and thank you that means hmm. a lot i think the interesting thing about tiktok is that it has been a place to just like be open and honest of hey this yeah. is my experience and i'm sharing my experience rather than being like hey i'm going to give you a curated feed yeah. like hey this is what's happening in my life i might say things right now that work for me today and in 2 years i might be like oh i can't believe i said that or hey, that's still the truth in my life and in my sobriety. So I try to yeah. keep it open. Yeah, it's like little
0: like snippets like of where we are and it shows like you can go back into your videos and be like, oh, wow, I've definitely grown since then. Like, that's cool. That's, yeah. that's great to see. Um, do you find, like, what is your preference between like TikTok or Instagram? Like, I know we were kind of touching on this, but like, it sounds like and feels like Instagram is more like fluid, let's say.
1: Yeah. I feel like for me, um, I've been, so to kind of go a little bit backwards, I've been in marketing for over eight years. And so I've been in marketing since the whole like influencer culture began when it was like not paid advertisement. It was like, Hey, do you want to just like come to this cool event? And they would be like, Oh yeah. And you'd give like two free tickets and they would come hang out or whatever. Yeah. So I think I have this like skewed perspective of Instagram being like, is this even real or is this a marketing scheme? Mm. And I was just having that with a brand today, a brand that I really like. Um, When I say brand, I mean an actual person, Um, like their personal brand that they've turned into a business. And I was like, is this actually what you do or not? Um, And so I think Mm. for me, I go so much to TikTok nowadays because I'm like, people really are giving you their lives in the shortest form content possible. And it's like, hey, I can be vulnerable on this platform because sure, there's people I know that follow me, but there's also access to so many people that you would never get to have a conversation with before. Mm -hmm. And when I think about social media from a sobriety standpoint, I think that's what's so cool about TikTok is like, because the algorithm is so so much smarter than we are. It's like, Hey, here are some people who need to hear your message who probably never would get the opportunity and maybe help them or they in turn help you, which is even better.
0: Yeah. I love that. And I totally feel the same way. Like I find the algorithm with TikTok is so much more random, but that's also what makes it so much more engaging. Cause I'm like, wow. Like I was just having this conversation the other day about um, trans women and like I have a friend who's trans, but like I would never actively maybe look or search or even really be interested in that content. Like, let's be honest. I'm I'm being super, super uh, transparent right now. I just, yeah. it just wouldn't be something I would look up. And this really interesting like, vid- like series of like videos, I think it was like a snippet of like a podcast or an interview came up. And I'm like, it was a perspective that like, wow, it kind of like floored me. I'm like, I would have never, ever thought about that person's experience or that person's like hurdles or even what they would have to go through in order to get to this point, which for people maybe take for granted, you know, it's just such an interesting, different perspective. And that's what I love about TikTok and just the younger generation in general. (laughs) (laughs)
1: yeah Yeah, absolutely I think that's the cool thing it delivers you people who are like you and then it also delivers you people who have a different perspective yeah and and then it's like it starts to give everybody the opportunity of like hey do you want to use this platform as like a way to speak up or a way to educate or a way to inspire and or a way to like I know the word that I'm going to choose is debate and that's not necessarily what I want because I feel like debate can be a little bit more argumentative, but it's like a place to just have constructive conversations. Like I'm very, very clear on like what sobriety means to me. And Mm -hmm. I've been super open about that on my TikTok. And there's like a lot of people who have differing opinions on that as well. And so it's always been somewhere for me to like get a new conversation in and, end up like maybe having a shift in perspective or just like loving detachment of like, if that works for you. Yeah. Awesome. Great. Like, awesome. That's not my scroll path.
0: on man. Like scroll <laughs> yeah. on. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. I want, I definitely want to talk more about like TikTok and what got you started and in- inspired to share your story because it is really brave. Like it takes a a lot to to get on there and just to share who you are and your experiences but I want to back it up a little bit and I want to talk about your BS self Brooklyn's BS self so what you were like before sobriety
1: and what led you to getting sober yeah absolutely it's also so funny that you call it like before sobriety because I was like wait, yeah. yes I was like That's literally my initials um <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny um and I'm like Thanks. That was part of my early childhood trauma. was like <laughs> got made fun of because of that. Um, oh no. <laughs> which is also just like funny today. Yeah, um, but yeah, before before sobriety, there's like my story, you know, and I tend to focus on the things that were a little bit more difficult before sobriety because those really are the things that have led me to be the person that I am today. um but genuinely, I grew up in a really loving household. Like Mm -hmm. my parents were very loving to me in the capacity that they were able to do that. Now, not that it was perfect at all. Like, did that come with like abuse at like emotional, mental, physical? Yes. Mm -hmm. None physical that I experienced. Um, but like witnessed, um, did that come with Mm -hmm. like, lies, affairs, and alcoholism? Yes. Um, so I think there's like this really interesting thing that I've gained as a perspective in sobriety is like, hey, there was a lot of chaos that was going on that led me to like needing to drink and drug, drug by the age of 13. Um, but it wasn't mm-hmm. like I grew up in this space where there was no, no love and no care. But I think what's interesting yeah. is that having that contrast is kind of what led to the confusion of being like totally is I mean I like legitimately thought like again I grew up in a really loving household I also had like great people friends their families around me and I remember having the thought oftentimes like sitting at their dinner table at friends dinner tables and everything's like peachy everybody's laughing everybody's happy and being like so when I leave is that when they start fighting Like, is that, like, that must be when everybody starts yelling and, like, the shit starts flying. And literally, I had that perspective probably until I was in college. And I'm like, that is not true.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but I I get it. Yeah. Like, are you all just, like, being nice because I'm here? Like,
1: when does it get real? Yeah. Yeah, like, that, I thought, like everybody was a liar. You know, like that was how I, how I lived my life. Like everybody's a faker. And so for me, that was, that was the habits and identity that I, that I absorbed was like, okay, I just need to like fake my way through the whole thing and it's going to be good. So like from the time I was probably like six or seven, which is crazy to think, but like at that point I was like, okay, you know, I grew up with like alcoholic parents and things like that. And nobody really talked about it. Like it was very obvious to all of my friends and like, not really my friends, but to their parents that like, okay, we like, can't really send our kids to Brooklyn's house. Cause we like, don't really know what's going to happen. Yeah. But what I didn't know at the time was like, oh, I just thought that nobody wanted to hang out with me. And so it was like these crazy wow. things that I didn't understand until I was an adult, until I was older to have these conversations with my friends. But like when I was young, it was like, okay, I need to manage emotions not only for myself, but also like for my parent and mm-hmm. I need to be the adult here. Like if, if I can be okay, my parents will be okay. And that was not actually true. But as a child, mm-hmm. you think that that, That's the answer. So, I always had really good grades. Like, I was great at school, except for math. I hated math. And even to this day, like, when they're like, oh, we're going to do quick math, I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, math, quick math, I'm going to watch. Yeah. (laughs) But, like, I always got good grades. I was captain of my softball team. I was like playing all the sports, all the stuff. I had all the like checks. Like even I had the boyfriends and the this and the that, everything where you'd be like, check, 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 she's doing great. Um, when I was in high school, I tried to kill myself twice. Um, like what? had suicide notes, like all this stuff. Oh yeah. And it's like I would go to school the next day and be like, everything's great.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So like, what, like what, what 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 why did you think that was the option?
1: I think there's you know what's so interesting is today, my also like pre-sobriety story, the way that I got sober is like I tried to jump off a bridge, and okay, so there was like a lot of I just wanted to escape, like yeah. I just wanted to feel better because I was in this constant tornado of like pain, and mm-hmm. I didn't know how to get out of it. Um, and really the only ways that I knew how to get out of it were like alcohol when I was younger. And then I like started to find kind of that, which again, none of this I knew at the time, but like alcohol would make it go away for a time. Mm -hmm. And then like pretty quickly, I realized that like men could also kind of alleviate that same pain. And then it was like, I discovered drugs and all of that stuff would help me like bring Mm -hmm. down this like painful experience that I was in where I would just like numb out and it was okay. Um, But before I discovered drugs and alcohol, like I was like, okay, the only way out of this thing, I think, is like to die. Wow.
0: Oh, which is like crazy. (laughs) But it makes sense. Like at, at someone like, you know, at that age, like, yeah.
1: What else is there? Right. And like I had, I think about it today of like, I had no perspective on like what the future holds. And when you are that young, and especially when you go through like levels of chaos that young, it's like, yeah, I'm never going to get out of this. You know, you can't get to a point where like, oh, I'm going to eventually move out of my parents' house, or I'm eventually going to have a job or a means of like supporting myself where I'll have some level of independence. It's feels like oh this is going to be my life forever and because i literally had that perspective of everybody's lying like that was what i thought all the time oh so i was like even if i do kind of get into a different lifestyle like it's still just going to be fake and not real Hmm. which is like yeah so crazy um but i can see why like you're why you're brain would
0: go and kind of like make those conclusions because in a way like it's keeping you safe, right? It's keeping you on guard. It's yeah. not it's not like allowing yourself to be blindsided by like okay, like I can let my guard down because everyone seems really cool and then what happens when I let my guard down? Boom. Chaos. It's like tornado winds up. So yeah. of course, you're always on guard. It's straight up like defensive
1: yeah yeah it's like fight or flight yeah forever and it forever. really stayed in fight yeah. uh and it took me like obviously sobriety and doing brain spotting in sobriety to kind of like see those things and move through them. Um, like brain spotting and EMDR was very helpful for me in those ways but yeah, yeah. like back then there was there was no other it couldn't have gone any other way. You know, yeah. for me, like that's what I think about today is like, I wouldn't have had the experience that I'm having today if it didn't go that way. Right. If I wasn't so scared, if I wasn't in so much pain, if I wasn't so hopeless, I wouldn't yeah. have been able to fast forward into, okay, there is so much joy in life. Right. It's also like when you're a kid,
0: you don't have choices. Whenever I tried medication for my anxiety, I was always hit with extreme side effects that made me feel paranoid or just completely numbed of all emotions, the good and the bad. Chill vibe gummies make you feel like you, just minus the anxiety. Go to vibegummies.com to get your gummies today. That's V-I-B-E-Gummies.com. Like you don't. You're you're kind of at the mercy of your parents. And if your parents are creating and facilitating a chaotic environment it feels like that's it forever like that's how life is gonna be
1: yeah and like the the piece too I like always fall back on my parents didn't know what they were doing if they did they wouldn't have done it like sure they did what they had the ability to do and most yeah. of it great even like the stuff that was difficult also great because again it's led us to this experience today but like yeah. I also think as a kid, like you don't have any tools for the most part. Like, you know, today I have a very big toolbox (laughs) filled with so many things, whether they're like spiritual things, whether they're more like therapeutic styles, whether it's like naturopathic medicine, like I have so many different avenues of tools that I can go down. But As a kid, Mm -hmm. you're like, I like literally don't know what to do <laughs> and i'm not going to do anything like it, it's just like paralyzing yeah. and yeah. and i think for me that was what was so interesting is it was like you know sure like i i went to catholic school and i had all of that available to me but like there yeah. was so much other stuff going on that i was like that's not real like spiritual experience pass and then it was like right i did not come from a family that was like, go to therapy and talk about it. So I was like, well, that's not real. Like yeah. <laughs> a deny anything that could maybe be helpful.
0: Yeah, totally. Oh, oh my gosh. Okay. So you're, you're, you're growing up, you're, you're going through these things. You're using drugs, alcohol, people, men, what continue? What, what happens? How does this plant pan out for you?
1: Yeah. So I, um, so when I graduated call, I mean, by the time that I was in sixth grade, I was like, I'm leaving this place. I'm originally from Minnesota and yeah. I was I'm fucking out of here. Like <laughs> I turned 15, I'm out. And like okay. so many of my friends, I still have some of my childhood friends today. And one of them is always like, Oh yeah. From the time we were like in like sixth grade, you were like, I'm leaving here and I'll never see anybody again now. That's come very full circle for my life today, but at that time that was true. And so I went to school, um, at Arizona state, I like went, went to journalism school, the whole thing. Um, and in the process of doing that, um, my dad got diagnosed with myeloid which is a form of bone marrow cancer that can turn into leukemia. Mm. Um, so by this time, like my parents had been divorced for probably about like seven or eight years I think um they got divorced early on like when I first started high school my dad had had multiple affairs like crazy things like that so there was there was a lot that happened in the course of like me coming into high school and me getting to college where we did not have a relationship then we had a pretty tumultuous relationship and then we had a really great one Mm -hmm. um and he got diagnosed in 2016 my parents were divorced I was their only child. So I was the uh, power of attorney next of kin, all of those things, almost a year to the date of him being diagnosed on November 1st, 2017. I had to make that call of do not resuscitate. Um, And then my dad ended up passing on November 2nd. And so that was like, that was around that time I was using alcohol and Prescribe prescription drugs and then okay. street drugs like all at the same time so it was like very chaotic and very messy and then after that experience I it was it was over like I was like okay after my dad died I was so I was like 20 um about to turn 21 and I was like I don't want to be on this earth if I'm if I'm here by like 23 I have failed And that was like, up until I got sober, like that was my path of how much can I drink and drug and travel and like manipulate people again, like not consciously aware that that's what I was doing, but like, how do I escape this reality until it's over? And that was like, what my life, the next from 2017 to 2020, like, if you look at my Instagram, it looks like I had a great time. I'm smiling. I'm at music festivals. I'm like yeah. traveling the world. Like blah blah blah, the whole like pretty picture. She's um, living it, yeah. Yeah, like everybody would be like, oh my gosh, like, and I was literally miserable. Mm. And so that like for me, I'm like it was all just like really hard all the time, and it looked like it wasn't. Yeah. Um, and then September sixth, twenty twenty. I tried to jump off a bridge and I like had the craziest whatever you want to call it, like spiritual experience, hallucination, whatever. Um, ended up like calling a treatment center and they picked me up and brought me to detox like that. And I've like been sober ever since. Wait on the bridge you called. Yeah. So I was like, it was crazy. Like it's, it was the craziest experience that I've ever had in my life. Like yeah. two days. Um, I was also like on a whole bunch of drugs and like very intoxicated. Um, But I like, there was, I lived in this tiny little beach town yeah. and there's this very large long bridge. There were only three ways to get in to the Island. And one of them was on this like main bridge. And I okay. was like, I'm done. Like I'm jumping off this bridge. I like threw my Apple watch into the bay and I was like, nobody's going to find me. I'm like, this is f- full on insanity, first of all. Um, and
0: just get rid of the evidence. Apple yeah. watch,
1: yeah, uh, cover like, it. Yeah, like, right. That's brilliant thinking. Like you're yeah. jumping into water. There's no way you're not going to be bound. Um, so I like get up on this bridge and I have to this day, like, know exactly what happened, but also don't know what happened. I climbed over to the other side and I started having like visions of my dad holding me as a baby on the boardwalk in that town. Cause we like grew up going out there. I visited there like every summer. And I was like, it was like a literal, like full on, like, holy cow, what am I doing? This is like, this is like not what I want to do. And I've heard a lot of people in sobriety talk about like, you know, having a spiritual experience, whatever version of like God or higher power you refer to being like, I had a spiritual experience and like the alcohol and drug problem was removed. And like, that is what I identify with. Like that experience was me being like, this is it. Like, it still gives me chills. Like, right now, like it happened. And I was like, this is it. Ah. Like, I'm never doing this again, but I need help. and. Yeah. Called this treatment center in, in New Jersey. And they literally like came and picked me up. They like came, thankfully it was like only a couple like towns over from where I was living, but yeah. they came and picked me up. I had no shoes on. I like my whole, I think it was my whole like right leg. My whole like knee was all like messed up. Cause I had fallen off like a party bus earlier that day. Like it was just a mess Whoa. and they like picked me up and they were like, just sit here for a few days, like in detox. And then I ended up sitting there for far more than a few days. Yeah. How long did you actually end up staying, staying there? I think it was like 10 days. Okay. I always like never really remember. It was a long time. Like I know I was originally going to be there for like seven and then yeah. I pretty much had like a full panic attack the day that I was supposed to leave. So then they were like, "We're going to just keep her through the weekend." Yeah. <laughs> My sister was like, "Yeah, that sounds great. Just like hold on to her." Yeah, just
0: for safekeeping.
1: Well, just <laughs> yeah, keep like, her. It's right fine. Just leave her.
0: <laughs> wow. Okay, so what happened like after after detox? Like you went home. How did I mean, that kind of is when things start, right? Like that's when life starts.
1: For sure. How um, did you like integrate? Uh, I changed everything. Like okay. I say to people all the time, I'm like nothing major, but I literally changed everything. Uh, yeah. At that time I was living in this little beach town with someone who was like my best friend since kindergarten. Mm-hmm. Um, And I like went back, they dropped me off from detox. And the plan was, They were going to drop me off, um, at my house. And then I was to get in a car to go to the airport and fly back to Minnesota. And so that was like exactly what happened. I like left detox packed, like a very small bag and got in a car and went to the airport. And then like, I, when I got to the airport, I got to the Philadelphia international airport and (laughs) when I had gone home from detox, like this is how crazy and convicted I was that I like needed to be sober. When I got home from detox, I had this like drawer that was like literally filled with pills and meds and all of it. And I just like grabbed it, put it in my bag. And when I got to Philadelphia international airport, I walked in and I just like dumped like six to eight bottles of pills, like in the trash. And I was like, this is it. And then I like got on a a plane and showed up at my mom's house and she was like, what the hell is going on? Whoa. And it was like, like, there was not a moment (laughs) where it was like chill or anything like that. It was all like very, when I look back now, like it was all very dramatic. Like the person that I lived with who was like my best friend for my entire life. Like we have not spoken since that day, like maybe a couple of conversations here and there that were very, very intense. Um, but like no conversation since that day, most of the people who were in my life at that time, like I do not talk to, do not, or have not talked to, unless it was like, um, to like make amends. Um, they do follow a 12 step program. And so like outside of that, everything changed I like went back one time to where I lived to like pack everything up and yeah. then came like immediately back to Minnesota and it was just like wildly different um I started yeah. going to like meetings every single day like no matter what yeah. and it was like okay I don't know what else to do except just like dive into this yeah yeah This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. A common
0: misconception about relationships is that they have to be easy to be right. But sometimes, the best ones happen when you put the work in to make them great. Therapy can be a place to work through the challenges you face in all your relationships, whether with your friends, work, your significant other, or most importantly, yourself. My biggest fear is that I was unlovable, that something was just not good enough or deserving of love. Just fill out the brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit BetterHelp.com/asgg today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com/asgg.
1: And what were you? Do you remember what you were feeling at this point? Oh my gosh, I there were two emotions. I was okay. so scared. Like yeah. so scared because I'm 20, how I 23? Yeah. Like, no, I had just I was 22. So I'm about to turn like 23. I was a couple months shy of turning 23. Yeah. Um, I'd lost all of my friends, like everything that I had ever known. I had like no money, like all everything was just like very scary.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: I think with that, like scared feeling came like so much anger. Like I was so angry. I was so angry at friends. I was so angry at myself. I was angry at my dad, like, right. I'm like mad at my dad because it died. And it's just like this on and on thing of when I think back um, to early on, when I started like showing up into the rooms, like I was either like, Running my mouth about how angry and like pissed off I was, or I was just like crying in a chair, like shaking. (laughs) Like those were my two emotions. There was the two extremes. Or sleeping, like or I was fine because I was asleep. (laughs) Right.
0: Wow. So when, I mean, those those are pretty like opposite ends of the of the of the emotion spectrum, basically. When did you find things kind of started to? No, I wouldn't say even out, but when did you start feeling those emotions in between all the kind of like yeah. gray gray
1: areas? Yeah, where it started to like flex a little bit, and it's like, yeah. okay, life is going to be okay. Yeah. Um, I think one of the things that I feel like I'm I'm really lucky, and I was really blessed with the family that I have. Um, I've always been really close with. My sister and my cousins, like we've all been really close. And so they like held on to me like no other. Um, Mm -hmm. granted, I am like the baby of our little like pod. Um, unless it's like one of my like youngest cousins, but he's the real baby. (laughs) But like I was the baby and they like really surrounded me and were like, it is going to be okay no matter what happens. And you know, I have my cousin and my cousins and my sister are like much older than me, like nine plus years older than me. And then I have one cousin who we're practically the same age. Like I'm currently 26, she's 27. And so we're very close. And it was like, we just how They were like, we're just going to hold on to you and it's all going to be fine. And we're going to listen to you cry. We're going to listen to you scream. And, and we're not really going to say anything crazy. It was just a lot of listening. And I think through that, like I Um, got to get so much out Yeah. after I kind of like got stuff out and started to like do normal activities. Like it was like, Hey, we're going to, you know, I commend my cousins because they were with me like day in and day out. And there was no like drinking or anything like that. They were like, we're just going to like go to dinner. We're going to go walk the dogs. We're going to go walk around in nature. Like it was all very like simple
2: yeah
1: activities and I think through that was like and even my mom was like that my mom and I would just walk and walk and walk and walk and nobody pressed me on like what do you think the issue was or how are you going to fix it it was just like let's just settle into this and I think through that like I started to really just be like this is what life is about is like real raw relationships and I started to like feel that kind of for the first time and then at the same time like I had lied about so many things for so long that when I was in conversations with my family like we had talked about it early on of like when you change your relationship
2: with alcohol you realize you have so many hours in the day I love to dedicate my time to skincare, and Osea makes me and my skin feel and look like a queen. Osea's clean, vegan, and sustainable body care is a glowing choice for achieving your body care and self-care goals. Whenever I use the Andaria Algae Body Butter, people literally stop me on the street. My skin is flawless and glowing, and I love the thick and unbelievably rich texture that absorbs instantly. Skincare is a habit worth keeping all year round. Osea can help your skin have a healthy glow every day. Because let's be honest, skincare is self-care. With over 27 years of seaweed-infused products, Osea is safe on your skin and the planet. It is clean, vegan, and cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. Never choose between your values and your best skin. Start the new year fresh with clean vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Right now, we have a special discount just for our listeners. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code ASGG at oseamalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to oseamalibu.com and use code ASGG for 10% off.
1: I don't know what, if what's coming out of my mouth is the truth or a lie. So I would have these conversations and like, I've had me and my mom had conversations where I would say something and then I'd be like, that isn't true. And she'd be like, okay. Like she didn't freak out. She wasn't like, you know, what the heck, why are you doing this again? Like, what do we need to worry about? She's like, okay. So then like, what is, and and I was like, oh, okay. She's like, she's not mad if that's the truth. And so I think it was just this piece of like. I got to be like really real and really honest, um, for the first time. And then I started to be like open to hearing other things. Like I, you know, very early on in my sobriety, um, like within a couple months from September to November, um, in November, somebody <laughs> said to me when I was like crying about stuff with my dad and being like, this is a really hard time for me, whatever. Somebody was like, your grief is selfish. And I was like, Hmm. I was so mad and I was so angry and like, because I had a couple months of really like challenging all of my beliefs and everything that I had told myself, I was like, okay, could there be truth in that too? And Mm -hmm. at first I was so angry. And then I was like, I actually think so. Like I'm making this whole thing about yeah. me. Like it's about me and I'm the martyr and I'm the one who lost. And I got to have this like change in perspective that yeah. continues to shape who I am today of like, okay, how do I like honor these people who have gone before me? How do I mm. like love them? And then how do I use this experience to be helpful? And so it was like, through all of those like little micro things that happened, um, I started to just like have faith in, in life again, like, I got I got into the rooms of the rooms of the twelve step program that I do, and like I have the cliche story of like I was a twenty year old girl who walked into a room full of men, and like all of them were just like we're just gonna let you be, and we're gonna like try to help you as much as we can, and be like super kind to you. Like that's where I ha- I know that I have a different story than a lot of people. Like mm-hmm. a lot of people are like oh it was really gnarly. I'm like I have a story of like. They pretty much like to this day, there are some of those men who I'm like, they're like my father figures today. Like mm-hmm. I got my dad back through getting sober and yeah. it's like, all of those things I started to change and become a different person. And that stuff still happens today. Whoa,
0: that is so cool. And what a gift. I think you kind of nailed it, like how your family just held you. And I get this all the time, you know, asking, you know, uh, parents, sisters, brothers, like colleagues of like people who are trying to get sober, like, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? I'm like, just be there, you know. Like, literally, you don't really need to do anything. You don't need to fix anyone or change anyone. That's not the, that's not the point of this, right? I think what your family did was like spot on like 100 percent. that is exactly what everyone needs
2: yeah right like you don't need
0: to be you don't need to be fixed you don't need to like be micromanaged almost right like and just I think this how you said you know like actually that's a lie and not and having your mom not react like that is so and kind of enlightening and, and like a fresh perspective. Cause most people would be like, what do you mean you're lying? And would take that personally, actually.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think like at that point, my mom had seen me like so broken yeah, and, and like, I had been so honest that it was like, okay, she was really like willing to do whatever it took for that to not happen. like nobody wants to see their child like, homeless, like broken, had no money, like lost, you know, like that, that was not a way that she wanted to see me. Um, so she was like, I'll do anything to support that. But I think like that piece of like what you're talking about, of like families all the time, like it's, it's families who are affected by these things and by this experience. And obviously like the person who's the alcoholic or the drug addict, like for sure, it's so hard, but like, families want to fix it. And there's no Mm -hmm. playbook. Like, no, there's just not like everybody's so different. And I think even before sobriety, I would have never been like, like, I know that I come from a loving, caring family, but I would have never been able, like, I would have sold them short of how they were going to show up if I would have had to get, like, they showed up in a way that I am forever grateful for. And yeah. like so honored by, but it was like, yeah, everybody just winged it kind of, there was no like, yeah. okay. And I think like today, because there's so many like things out there for families that everybody's like, okay, if I just like do this, then I do this, yeah. then I do this, then like, boom, they'll be fixed. And it's yeah. like, honestly, just like be authentic, like yeah, be, be scared, be loving, be kind, be be a voice or be a space. Like that, that I think was so helpful to have like family like that.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, there, yeah, there is no formula to this. There Mm -hmm. is, I mean, if anything, take the steps out of it, take all these like expectations of like what you think this whole journey of you your friend, your loved one, whoever the hell is going through this situation, take those expectations and throw them out the window. Yeah. Yeah. Cause 100%. it's never
1: going to happen that way.
0: No, no, ever. no, it's never going to. And I think actually in one of your, one of your TikTok videos, you said something like, it never looks the the way you expected it like ever. And that's part of the beauty of it. Right.
1: Yeah. 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 I think there was a TikTok where I talked about that of like, sobriety is never what you expect it to yeah. be it's usually much better and also like it's sometimes way more turbulent like right the, like sometime and I think and that is that's the best part is like for me today I would have sold myself so short of the miracle of sobriety if I would have been like all I expect is to get sober and like keep my old life
2: because once mm. I actually
1: got sober I was like that isn't the life for me or of yeah. me like that isn't it yeah. and so There's so much just, more dropping all that and being like clean slate see what happens
0: yeah like what okay we went
1: down path
0: a <laughs>
1: yeah let's take a little t- take a little tour of b like what what else could we do yeah and it's always so different i like always say like one lifetime two very different lives mhm
0: Wow and I just I mean I know I don't love to talk or harp on like age, but I I kind of have to because like you're so young and you've been through so much and so many experiences and to have all these tools now that you have at like this age is so. Incredible. Like, I can't even imagine the woman you're going to be in like five years, 10 years. Like, that is so exciting to look forward to. Thank you. Yeah. Uh,
1: Yeah. Yeah. It is crazy. And I think I like had a lot. There was for sure like the early years of my sobriety, which is so funny. Like, you know, the way that your perspective shifts and change early and like my life is over. Like totally, so much, this is the end. Like it yeah. was all so gloom and doom, even though things were on the up. Um, But now I look around and I'm like, there is so much runway. Like there's, there's mm. so much time. And I'm super grateful to be surrounded by the people that I, that I am because a lot of them can be like, Hey, like my life didn't start until this age or this age, or like, this is what I was doing at that time. And, and mm-hmm. not like comparing, but just yeah. being like, there is so much time. And I think I probably carried some level of guilt at the beginning being like, like guilt, like guilt and shame of like, Oh, I wasted so much. But now it's mm-hmm. like, we live in today, every single day. I'm like, there yeah. is so much time and so much happening and I think for me the the greatest gift has been to be like yeah I used up my lifetime supply of drugs and alcohol very early and then I've got the opportunity to help like so many people like my age or like younger Mm -hmm. which has been wild like absolutely wild and I think like some of the women and like younger girls that I'm close with, I'm like, to be able to like be part of the experience of like sparing you some of those times, those like difficult Mm -hmm. times is such a gift and an honor and nothing that I would have been able to like create on my own. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's
0: all, it's all a learning experience, right? Like all these experiences we learn. I mean, if you take the time and and build and reflect back which obviously it sounds like you you have and you do but like when we know better we do better yeah it's yeah par f- par for the course of learning and living
1: yeah totally and it's also like I say it all the time I'm like I also don't sit here like I'm a little miss like perfect and surprised. Right. like there has been chaos yeah like I have yeah I and I laugh about it today but like there have been moments experiences and relationships where like I really hurt people in sobriety and like those were really good lessons to learn because it was like hey where are you still showing up in a way that is maybe not helpful or maybe hurtful or detrimental to like somebody else or yourself and your future and so I think that that's something too is like I used to be like okay like I'm sober now so everything's like perfect yeah and like I'm an angel mm. <laughs> <laughs> right like I'm the best person on earth and like here we go yeah and it's like no that's not that's not it but the difference today is like a really hard experience happens or something that's like painful happens and I get to reflect and be like okay that was a really good lesson. The only way it's a mistake is if we do do the exact same thing again and don't learn something from it. Yeah. And that's that I think for me is like the point of growing in sobriety from like early twenties to like moving into mid twenties right now.
0: Yeah. Wow. Brooklyn, to anyone listening, Just one more question here. Anyone listening who's maybe thinking of getting sober or, or kind of going through a difficult time right now, what, what piece of advice could
1: you give to them? Oh my gosh. I'm like, there's, there's so much, but it's to find value in the little things Mm. and to question everything that I've thought, like, could I be wrong here? Could I be wrong in thinking that this is the end? Could I be wrong in thinking that this is the way to live or this isn't the way to live? Like, yeah, those those questions like and I had to ask myself when it was like really quiet and really soft, like not when I'm in anger, not when I'm in sadness, not when I'm in joy and elation, but like just me. Be Like, "Mm -hmm. is this the path for me or could there be something different?
0: Mm. Wow, that is a really powerful question to ask yourself. And I, I do have to say one of my friends um said to me, like when I was kind of going through this like tough moment, I was kind of trying to make this decision like basically, like should I stay in this pattern in this like, you know bubble of comfort comfortability or you know comfort? should I yeah. stay in this pattern or, should I change it up? Like, should I do something better? And she always said, "It's gonna be this or something better."
1: Yes, I, I love something that. Something better. Yeah, uh, I always and I'm say like that.
0: Yeah, and that kind of gave me like almost like the faith and like courage I needed to kind of like, okay, I could stay in this pattern. I could be comfortable. This is cushy, right? Like, I kind of know what ha- what's happening here, um, but like could there be something better? Could,
1: is this it? I love that.
0: Is this, is this all? Like, could we maybe stretch ourselves? Could we try something a little different? Especially when you get bored. Ask yourself when you're, that when you're bored, right? Because like when you're bored, you're like, okay, getting a little squeamish, energy's building up. Like you're meant to grow. You're meant to stretch your legs. Like, let's go. Let's get this party started.
1: Of course, (laughs) i like so expansive like there's yes. so much to do and grow into and become definitely oh, that, that one's a good one. like that thing of like life begins at the end of your comfort zone like all yes. of those like little cliches like end up becoming so true <laughs> <laughs> they really do you're like uh this yeah. okay
0: <laughs> like oh my god i'm making myself sick because i'm so cheesy right now but it worked yeah I- it's relatable. Yeah. yeah. Brooklyn, where can we find you on the World Wide Web?
1: Um, my Instagram is yeah. Brooklyn Cheryl, B-R-O-K-L-Y-N-S-A-G-R-R-I-L-L. Um, and then my TikTok. My TikTok's like the place to find me yeah. mostly run my mouth about sobriety. Um <laughs> I- I think my, I'm like, this is how funny it is that my TikTok kind of like accidentally blew up a little bit is I'm like, I think my TikTok is like at BMS 0102. I think (laughs) we'll find it it funny, but yeah, yeah, mostly on, uh, on Instagram and TikTok for all the, all the sober content. And this is another push in the direction of like, put more out there be honest. Be
0: exactly. Exactly. This is the push. I'm pushing you out of your comfort zone right here, yes. right now. Cause we're all going to show up. <laughs> love, love it. We want we want to see you run your mouth about sobriety. <laughs>
1: Someone's got to do it.
0: Exactly. Brooklyn. Thank you so much for sharing your experience and your knowledge with us. I really appreciate it.
1: Yeah. Thank you for asking me. Thank you for using your platform for the good too.
0: How fantastic is Brooklyn? As always, thank you so much for listening. Please make sure to rate, subscribe, and leave your feedback about the podcast. We love to hear your comments. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at a Sober Girls Guide and head to asobergirlsguide.com. We got your back at any stage of your booze-free journey. From our Sober Girls Social Club to tips and tricks on our blog, we got your back, girl. Head to a asobergirlsguide.com now. Thank you so much for listening and have a great day.